Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are not talking about news because all that news is Wonder Woman 84, and that's a different universe. But we got feedback, and lots of it. Let's talk about that right after the set we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall. How you doing, buddy? I feel like that intro went really, really well for being like top of my head. I just, yeah. that was on the spot in the moment. Sometimes you just got to live in the moment, man. You can't plan things. You just got to let them, let them flow. You got to let them go. What are we doing today? Sorry, I was living We're, in the moment too much. You you were too in the moment. I was too in the moment, and I don't know what we're doing. Uh, you oh, need yeah, to think right. a little bit ahead. Well, first, we're going to introduce our, our producer, Ashley. How you doing, Ashley? I'm really good, and I'm uh, here to tell you you're doing feedback today. Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank Ashley, you for keeping us on track. You're welcome. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we need it. Oh, my God. Yeah, we do. This whole thing would go off the rails if it weren't for you. <laughs> I know. I know we did it for six years, but suddenly... Suddenly, we're just incapable. Yeah, we're incapable of doing it without Ashley <laughs> keeping us on track. It's crazy how fast that can happen. We're just, we're so dependent. Immediately dependent on on, <laughs> on, on, on the new health that Ashley provides. Uh, okay. Let us get into the feedback. We're just going to talk about everybody's feedback because we have pages and pages and pages of it that we haven't gotten to because of all the crazy news going on. And we got a couple weeks and we'll hit WandaVision and then we're never going to have time for feedback again. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Actually, I th- we haven't really figured it no, out you're yet. you're not wrong. But we're going to try to do, I think, an instant take episode of WandaVision and then hopefully an uh, episode of feedback somewhere in the week. It's just a matter of Are we going to do it finding. like we did Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. back in the day where we would have like... The beginning of it would be feedback about last week's episode. Right. I don't want to do that. I'd rather do it more timely. So we'll figure all that out off cast. But let's get into. No, no. We need to. We need to discuss this (laughs) right now and involve everybody in the process. Hash this out. My 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 dream for what we do with with the feedback. (laughs) See, then now you got me doing it. I'm I'm having this discussion. (laughs) Even though I plowing forward, (laughs) fully didn't mean to have this. We're having this discussion. I, I, my, 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 my goal is that we will um, have as instant of a cast as we can. So as soon as the WandaVision comes out, we can be up talking about it as soon as right. we can. And then yep. somewhere in the middle of the week, we have a, uh, a, 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 a another cast where we kind of deal more with feedback. That would right. be, that'd be what I'd like to do a few days later, sure. give everybody a chance to write in. Okay. Okay. So we can do kind of like uh, what what Mr. Fox is doing with uh, Mando. The Mando watch. Yeah. Problem is they come. All this is coming out on Fridays, and I yep. work like that's my job is to play music, which is all Fridays and Saturdays. So it's mm-hmm. gonna be a little trickier than when we had Tuesday stuff because Tuesdays were great for me. Yeah, Tuesdays were so easy. Yeah. <laughs> why couldn't Why couldn't the MCU be so easy like it used to be? Yeah. <laughs> Damn COVID making everything worse. Mm, no, nah, I'm I'm so excited about the new MCU format. I swear. Man. So freaking excited. I swear. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk let's talk about the feedback. Let's just Okay, dive so we in. actually have feedback. Uh yeah. Damon Anglin said the uh, blah. Damon Anglin sent us an email about the Eternals and the X-Men. He says, Hey guys, Damon here. Loved all the trailer breakdowns, and I cannot wait for the episode reaction episodes for WandaVision. Hey, we were just talking about that. It's a great segue. We're indeed. Good good job segueing from a thing you didn't know we were going to be talking about. Yeah, man. It's perfect. Thank you, Damon, for this amazingly non-meta segue. Because we're going to edit all this out. <laughs> I don't edit these. <laughs> I just take it straight up. Straight up to the internet. Mm-hmm. Do with it what you will. 
Uh, Damon says, I come to you, however, with another way for mutants to enter the MCU. They have said repeatedly that Eternals, I guess they dropped the the, huh? But that Eternals will be a very isolated movie as far as the story it tells and how it will be connected to any movies before it and whatnot. That's cool, but I don't buy it. We don't know exactly how they'll adapt the Eternals into this world, but we can hope they will be made by the Celestials. They're immortal, essentially, and all that jazz. Also, apparently, they have a low birth rate, and the offspring are always human with no powers. That's also cool, but I don't buy it. What if we find out throughout Eternals, they all have had their fair share of offspring through time, and maybe, as an end credit stinger, we see a descendant that was revealed in the movie, for whatever reason, start gaining powers after the double snap. And this is the beginning of the X-gene, or the E-gene, LMAO, being activated throughout the world. Let me know what y'all think. I feel like having a connection between the Eternals, uh, a group the mainstream world doesn't really know anything about, and mutants, and of course the X-Men, would make for a smart business move, as well as a lot of room for creative storytelling. Think of the mutants that could find out they're distantly related to each other, and their ancestor looks like Angelina Jolie. But yeah, hope y'all at least get a kick out of the idea. Love the show. Love you guys. Keep it up and never stop. <laughs> we'll do our best. We'll do our best. Robot Matt will be doing this in 3000 AD or whatever. <laughs> Robo Matt. Yeah, I'm going to get started on that bot right now. Yeah, yeah. Start, start downloading my consciousness, please, Jeff. I'm, I've been working on it for a while. <laughs> I figured that you would consent to it. Oh, fully. Fully. Eventually. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so... The thing about this is, I, I think he's right. Well, okay, right, right on a couple things. Uh, I think he's wrong about the fact that this movie being a little more isolated is uh, not to be purchased. Um, I think that is true. I think this movie will be fairly separated from the rest of the universe. I think the Eternals is going to be jumping backwards and forwards in time and telling their story throughout time. Um, and I even think that it could be happening overlapping other events like that we might see the chitari invasion we might see the thanos snap we might see all these things happen while the eternals learn about their heritage or whatever or not their heritage but their own powers like i think all of that could happen um so i don't i think i think that this will be the new guardians of the galaxy they're going to be yeah. like off in their own world for this movie i don't think that what they're saying when they say um, this will be a fairly uh, separate story. I don't think what they're saying is forever. I think they're right. saying this is going to be a separate story. This movie is going to be fairly separate and they're going to try to build a new franchise out of it. And if they can pull that off, it might be the next guardians of the galaxy and it might be the next, like this is the huge thing that everyone loves. And then they integrate it. If everyone hates it, it will go the way of inhumans. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what I mean? God. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's going to be an isolated story from what we've seen so far, but it's not going to be isolated from the things coming in the future. Yeah, for um, sure. I think, I think that it's, it's going to establish the, like it's the foothold for the rest of everything to, to jump off of uh, is, is what's coming. I like this idea though, about the Eternals um, spawning X people or, I don't or spawning, I spawning that- the X gene. I don't know that I, I necessarily like them having like, you know, offspring into mutants and, and X genes or whatever. But I, I like, I don't like that idea of their children or descendants, you know, being X gene. But what if 
you know, Eternals oh so long ago um, had just a little bit of a genetic experiment and then they thought that they shut it down or something. Right. And then that, you know, progresses through the world and, and disperses. It's interesting because the thing about the X-Men that you lose, if you go with any of that stuff, is you lose the idea that was very focused on in the 90s movies or the early 2000s X-Men movies, uh, which is this is the next step in evolution. You know what I mean? Well, it, it still could be if you're if you're talking Eternals, you know, millennia ago. Sure. Sure, put sure, this sure. into place or even like Eternals millennia ago are what pushed humanity to, or pushed this, this certain uh, branch of, um, of life on earth to evolve at a more rapid pace to, to adapt and yeah. overcome. No, it's, it's possible. I think the idea though, what I'm saying is you lose the idea that it's purely an outcropping of evolution, which is kind of, yeah, the, the, the 2000s X-Men movies really focused on that. Like they did a yeah. lot of just like the genes They're you know, the, the magical uh, sense of evolution is just creating the X gene. And it's just a thing that you just have to deal with. And it's science and it has nothing to do with past or history or no one created it. It's just a thing. And I think there is something to that. And, but I also think they relied on it so heavily in those 2000s X-Men movies that Maybe that ground has been well trodden, I guess. And the idea that the X-Men gene, X gene could have come from somewhere like the Eternals is not horrible. And they do this kind of stuff all the time where they take uh, sort of the uh, backgrounds of different characters and sort of combine them for the movies. Yeah. But as I mentioned a few episodes ago, they're starting to go deeper and deeper into comics to the point that, like, I don't know how much more they want to combine, you know? They really yeah. are... They're, they're, they're stripping their universe. When they combine two characters, <laughs> they, they lose one of those characters. And like, yeah. they're already telling, <laughs> they're already telling us the stories of rocket raccoon and the eternals. You know what I mean? Like they're going pretty deep cut Marvel stuff at this point. It's not anymore. Now rocket raccoon is a household name, but it wasn't. And so they're already going pretty deep on Marvel content. And I don't know how much you want to combine every kind of storyline and make them all the same, you know? Yeah. And, you know, having having one of the Eternals or, you know, somebody else, somebody other uh, put this, you know, put evolution into place or put this uh, this genetic experiment into place that kind of uh, treads the waters of uh, the way that the Inhumans came about. And, you know, that's not great. Yeah. But nobody liked the Inhumans. So. Well, nobody, <laughs> nobody liked the Inhumans show. It's not that no one liked the idea of the Inhumans. I love the right. Inhumans on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. even. Um, but, and I was really excited to see them proliferate into the movies. Uh, and I think they will one day, but I think they Someday. won't be connected anymore, you know? Yeah. It'll be, it'll be something totally different. And the thing is, they do have enough, the, the Eternals, the X-Men, um, there are other sources of powers that they can go with to tell the stories they want to tell for a while and maybe in 10 years we get a new in humans, you know, mm, maybe, um, or maybe they're just done with it forever in this universe. <laughs> I kind of feel like maybe they are just done with it. Cause it, you know, it flops so hard as a series, but that's not and the inhumans fault though. Yeah, no, it's not the fault of the inhumans. We all know who Scott bucked that up. Yeah, we do. Ah, buck. <laughs> 
I guess that's all to say. Like we don't, we're not sure how they're going to bring the X Men in, but there are so many ways that they could go about it. Yeah, and and Damon's idea is cool. I, I like the idea that the Eternals could have somehow been involved and you know uh, brought them about. I do. We talked about it before. I, I don't know if we talked about this exact, exact aspect, but the idea that it being the snap being involved in somehow uh, exciting the X gene and creating it to like it to a degree. Um, or activating, or activating it. it, yeah. It's like teragenesis. Well, sure, but it also means that a lot of people would get their powers at the same time, and then you don't have this sort of generational feel that you have with X Men stories, like where yeah, where you have Professor X and Magneto are the old older the people who've been working on the like <laughs> they're on X rights for a long time, and they're working with a younger class, you know? Yeah. And then there's teachers that have been in it for, you know, a little bit less time than right. uh, than X and Magneto, and you know, then you got uh, Jubilee coming in like, holy crap, this has been here the whole time, and I haven't known about any of it. Blech. Really interesting to see what they'll do with there because we just had the first class, and I don't think they're going to want to retell that story right away, but also. Uh, just talking about burning their stories, like it would be kind of interesting to start with a fairly young Professor X and Magneto, maybe, maybe, you know, a first class, if you will, of X-Men and like, and then 10 years from now, 15 years from now, we're getting the story of like the young Jubilees coming in and like really take the time to tell the story of someone like Hank, um, Hank McCoy and just like, really take the time to tell those stories. I don't know. Isn't that what they did? They, they told the story of first class and then they told, you Absolutely. know, 10 years later. Story. Well, but they, they did this jumping, which I think <laughs> would be they way didn't more, tell any stories in between. Right. And I think it would be way more interesting. And then you, they could do this where you have professor X and beast and Iceman and Jean gray and Cyclops. And then sort of like let them be the X-Men for a while, let them be a phase of the X-Men. And then they, uh, then they meet the newer, newer uh, mutants. But you know, it's just hard because those mutants have been told so many times now in so many different movies that it, it'll feel like retreading at this point. So I'm, yeah, I don't know what they'll do. It's just, it's weird to think about like, why would, why did Fox do the thing the way that they did between first class and, um, what was it? Future past. They just wanted to tell the biggest like, stories. They wanted to tell, like they looked at comics arcs that were popular and they were like, we're going to tell that one. Yeah. Yeah. They could have done that though. Also in the sixties, you know, it didn't have to be spread out the way that it was like, it could have easily been, well, you know, sure. Next year we do this thing, but like in, in 10 years, in 10 years, you had no other tail big enough to put into film. Right. They were just kind of sitting around like, Oh God, Fox was not playing the long game like Marvel does. Yeah. Not like Feige do not like it's what the Feige do. That is how the Feige do. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, so Jesse, Wolf, actually, uh, let me throw this go out. ahead. Let me throw this out. I do know, it, I know we've spent 15 minutes on this one question, uh, but I really actually now thinking about it, I was just talking about how they could start with a first class. I kind of like the idea of going back further than that, where like, what if we get a young Professor X and Magneto and that's all we get 
for the first like while. And it's just X is just this young guy doing his thing. And it's not about him becoming professor. It's about him as a young man. And then they like develop the rest of the, the X universe around him and around Magneto and sort of slowly put it together. Like we've been talking about, but like it's over the course of 10 years, like, cause then you'd really 10 years later when you finally get Cyclops, it will, they will bring in the X-Men soon. Cause you get Magneto X, any other older mutants, but then you don't actually have the problem of like having to recast the whole team for another 10 years or whatever. Mm. I don't know. Just an idea. Hmm. I just I love those two characters. I'd like to see them fully explored um, and not be rushing to get to the big tentpole X-Men thing, but just telling a Professor X story, a young Professor X getting his powers. Jesse Wolf says, hey, guys, do you think that the upcoming She-Hulk show will be continuously breaking the fourth wall like the comics did for a long time? I meant to look this up. Is this a thing about She-Hulk? She breaks the fourth wall? I have not ever read a She-Hulk comic, so I don't know. That is... A, okay, I didn't know More that. More research is required. It's a, I'm looking at an article here that says She-Hulk, 1980s, Breaking the Fourth Wall Before Deadpool, is an article <gasps> on fandom. Um, so that's interesting, and it's going to be a comedy. I could absolutely see them going that way. I w- that, that could be part of the comedy aspect, is turning to the audience with that knowing look of like... yeah. Ugh, sexism, am I right? And, and, and that, that concept has already been proven out and done by Deadpool. I do think that if they did that, people would just be like, eh, dead, they're, just co- they're just copying Deadpool. Yeah, you almost can't do that because Deadpool has done that already. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's, it's not like, ugh, God, that sucks. Because like... She-Hulk started, or, well, I don't know that She-Hulk necessarily started that, but She-Hulk was doing that before Deadpool, so now, like, if they do, if they do do that, sorry, <laughs> yeah. if they do that now... Yes, 12-year-old Jeff? <laughs> shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Try to move past it. <laughs> if they do that now, and, and people start, like, uh, Deadpool did that, you just copy a Deadpool, and then you're gonna have those, like, those weirdo stands that are gonna, like, nah. Yeah, she Hulk was doing that before Deadpool. Deadpool's copying She Hulk. It's just a matter of yes. educating the public that like She Hulk did it first, and then it would be but like they don't accepted. want to be educated. Matthew, that's not true. There are lots of YouTube channels dedicated to such education, and they are very successful. <laughs> and nobody watches them. That is not true. Uh, also at, false. Patently false. Patently false, sir. Uh, we both watch them. And, and, and like dig deep on some character when they're coming, you know? And so it, I could totally see, and, and I think Marvel participates in that. I think Marvel, like, let's make sure, you know, to, to make sure this gets out into the world, that this is a thing that happened in the very first She-Hulk comics or whatever. So I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I have no idea if they'd go that way. My, my instinct is no, but it's really interesting that that is a possibility. So thank you, Jesse. I, I thank you for making us aware of that uh, possibility. Oh, shit, Matt, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. You got it. It's The Office. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. That's. I was just about to break in and say that it was, we're going to get the She-Hulk version of The Office. That'd be kind it's of so amazing. Great. And actually, uh, you know, Modern Family shot the same way, Parks and Rec was shot the same way. So then all you'd have to do is make her, like, the star of a documentary 
and then you get her breaking the fourth wall, but for a reason, and then you get all that fourth wall yeah. breaking. Oh, that's a that's not a bad idea at all. That's not a bad idea. We wrote the show right there, and man. And I, I was by the way, I looked into it the other day. Um, uh, the She Hulk writers and directors, which we haven't really talked about. Yeah, um, and they are on a lot. They are on Parks and Rec, I believe. Um, as is one of the shows they've written on, or some of them have written on. I don't know. I, I should have made a list because I Hold on, I got to do the Andy. <laughs> which which Andy are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry, the the Chris Pratt, you know the, the Starlord, oh, the, oh, the, the gift that, that everyone uses of Chris Pratt, where he's sorry. just like, sorry, like we just nailed it. <laughs> No, that's a really good idea. And there are, there are, like I said, some of the writers and directors are from those shows. At least I, I remember seeing Parks and Rec. Um, that's, that's, it's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. Um, let me, let me, let me, let me read for some of these, um, some of these shows that, uh, some of these, so the series directed by, uh, Kat Corio, Coroy, Cororio. I can't, I don't know how to say her name. Um, uh, Koiro? I don't recognize Koiro. that name at all. Cat Koiro, I'm going to say. Um, is uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, oh, um, Shameless, uh, a bunch of really just like good comedy stuff, you know? Uh, and then we have Anu Valia, I believe is how you pronounce her name. And uh, she's directed things like... Uh, <laughs> oh, um college humor uh some college humor stuff and okay. uh i'm not seeing any other major uh major things but the writing credits were another one that i noticed um a lot of big named uh the writer jessica gow is is the writer or one of the writers on the show she's done rick and morty silicon valley um oh geez yeah like really good pete really good uh sort of pedigree for this show um so I yeah I just I just I noticed that the other day and I thought I, I thought I'd bring that info. Um, ooh, she's also directing or, or, or writing something called Star Wars Detours, which looks like it might be like a shorts, some sort of shorts or something. I don't know. It's a TV series. Okay. I haven't heard of this Star Wars Detours. Is that one of the things they announced? <laughs> Turning to Ashley Coffin. I'll look it up. <laughs> Turning to Ashley Coffin, who was on that. Uh, <laughs> that uh, talk interesting that discussion cast yeah it's saying it's a uh, it's a tv show interesting i haven't heard of detours yet uh, it looks like an animated animated show interesting okay cool well i didn't remember them saying anything about that that's weird it i don't know if that's gonna be on let me see does <laughs> Breaking news That's right weird. here, folks. I'll get back to you with more info. <laughs> Breaking news. Star Wars Detours coming. Seth Green is the executive producer. What Interesting. is this on? I'm guessing it's going to be Disney Plus. I guess it could be one of the. Star Wars Net. What is this? Huh. <laughs> okay. I'll keep looking and check that. Uh, it's just a YouTube series. Uh, she's going to give that a deep goog, and we are going to move. Oh, give it a deep goog. Give it a deep goog, Ash. Give it a deep goog. It didn't have to go very deep. It was a two-season seri- two show on some other channel that wasn't very oh. popular. Oh, it says it's in post-production on uh, Really? IMDb. They said it was two seasons. Oh, okay. Well, maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe it's just a deeper goog. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> enhance, enhance, enhance. 
Yeah, uh, Star Wars Detour <laughs> says it's in post-production. And, oh, pfft. well, never mind. I'm I just, know. I I'm was going to let you dummy. get there. It says post-production, but it was in 2012. Oh. Yeah, there's two seasons, about 39 episodes. Sorry, I saw the red post-production, which normally means it's not finished. Uh, and It's an unaired American... So this never happened. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, she- Star Wars Detours is an unaired American CGI animated series. All right. Well, this was all uh, this is all silly. Uh, everybody search for detours and you won't find it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the most useless conversation we've ever had. And we've had some pretty useless conversations. So let's move on. This has been this has been embarrassing. Jeff, do you really know what's in your multivitamin? I do now. Well, that's good. I, I do too, thanks to Ritual. You know, other multivitamins, they have sugars, GMOs, synthetic fillers, artificial colorants, not to mention animal byproducts like sheep's wool and gelatin from the hooves and hides. I mean, what? Yeah, those are not things that you should be putting into your body. No, they don't sound like it. These are all ingredients you might find in other multivitamins, but Ritual isn't your typical multivitamin. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly formula is made with key nutrients in forms your body can actually use. No shady extras. That's one of the things that I like about them is that they have the ingredients in bioavailable forms rather than just like, you know, throw a piece of iron in there and now you've got iron. Like it's it's a bioavailable form so that your body can actually absorb it. That's really cool. I always want to start a multivitamin regimen, you know, and I always like, I always buy a bottle and then I never buy a bottle again. It's kind of like with all these companies, I love these convenience companies where they make sure you're getting good quality stuff and you just get it at your door month to month and you don't have to think about it. It just comes to you. And with the way my brain works, this stuff is so good for me. (laughs) You don't have to you don't have to think about it. You just have to pay for it every month and then you start filling those gaps in your diet. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Just have that convenient form of multivitamin right there at my door. Yep. Yeah, another thing about uh, the ritual company that is really intriguing is that it was started by a lady who wanted a better prenatal vitamin because none of them made sense. And she did a lot of research and got, you know, got to be good friends with scientists and nutritionists and brought those people on board. And now they've developed these other vitamins for, you know, other women, men and teens, you know, they're scientifically developing stuff for every stage in, in your life. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. And you know, it's, it's really easy to sign up. I went and it was like, tell us your, your sex, tell us your age. And there's the vitamin for you, uh, at least like, you know, for the common person, this is the vitamin for you. And I'm really excited uh, to just get that vitamin and start doing it, man. Yeah. So you guys, you deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. Uh, that's why ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during the first three months. Uh, visit ritual.com slash MCU cast to start your ritual today. That's 10% off your first three months. Just visit ritual.com slash MCU cast. All right. So Ricardo Jimenez. Oh goodness. Uh, <laughs> I looked down the paragraph a little bit. Okay. He says, Hey guys, been listening for a while now while I drive for Amazon and follow the Facebook group, but never written in this way before. The trailer breakdowns were a lot of fun and had some interesting takes. So here are some of mine. First, how dare you besmirch the good name of Beta Ray Bill? 
I love that hammer-wielding space donkey. <laughs> the possibility of seeing him in a movie is so absurd and hilarious, and the 13-year-old version of me is dying for that. The 40-year-old me is also, which I guess is half embarrassing, but 100% cool. So if we're using the 150% meter, I'm really looking forward to that possibility, despite no one else in the world probably sharing that thought. Uh, I'm going I'm to I'm put a, a pause on that, put a pin in that right now. Like... I was not besmirching Beta Ray Bill. I don't want them to to bring us Beta Ray Bill in any form other than hammer wielding space donkey because that's amazing and right. ridiculous and absurd. You you were pointing out that there is a there's a version in the Loki trailer that does not look like the Beta Ray Bill we would want. Like, like he just looks right. like a human that's holding a hammer, and you were like, I hope that's not Beta Ray Bill. Not because you don't yeah. want Beta Ray Bill, because you actually want Beta Ray because Bill. Because I actually want Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, not some just hammer-wielding human. Poser. <laughs> some Beta Ray, more like Omega Ray Bill. Some Beta Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> beta Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> it's fucking simp. Oh, shit, that's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so Ricardo, I am with you on that excitement. That would be so ridiculous and awesome uh, if they did it correctly, which is the way that he is. Uh, and they, we've seen some of him on on screen before. Like we've seen that race, like skeletons of that race in Guardians One and Two. You saw a uh, statue of it in Ragnarok. So like he's out there. Oh yeah. Ricardo continues saying, "WandaVision. I feel like it may be possible. All the TV show mockups that." all the TV show mocks rather will appear all in the first episode while setting the stage. And we're being duped into thinking that's the basis of the whole series while they take us in many other directions. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know if I agree, but I would love that. I love a good surprise. Yeah. Yeah. We've had entire episodes where we talk about no surprise anymore. Yeah, and and, and, then, and we were very wrong because there have been yeah, some pretty big surprises. Wildly incorrect. Wildly incorrect. Uh, he says Gambit being rumored or surmised to appear in Madripoor uh, is very interesting and exciting. But what I'm really hoping for is a post-credit scene a la Mandalorian, where we're introduced to Wolverine in a subtle way, maybe even just by name and description of a short, tough security guard named Patch, referencing his early '80s comic run. That'd be awesome. Be absolutely awesome. Speaking about Gambit, wow. uh, I we, we joked, we talked a lot about Gambit, and I think there was some pretty fun little uh, coincidences in that trailer that made it seem like maybe Gambit. But after rewatching the trailer, it is pretty clear the guy in the trench coat is Zemo, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't expect Gambit in there at all. Yeah, I, I don't either. It was a really fun conversation to speculate about. And it's just, you know, it feels like Charlie on Always Sunny, you know, like we, yeah, we, were, we, we had red all our string, string out. We were red string we were like, real hard. We were like, God, ah, Louisiana <laughs> and Madripoor and a stick and energy and trench coat. Yep. Ah, it's camping. It all made sense. It all made sense in the moment. But looking back, like he's, uh, it, it appears that Zemo is clearly wearing that coat in another shot. And we're like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That's just, that's just Zemo. When you remove the trench coat, the gambit red string gets a little thin. Yeah, it all falls <laughs> apart. It all falls apart very it. easily. How much we were relying on that dang coat for, uh, you know, 
or interesting. Well, there's also the staff and the That's, fire. I agree. And we're in the bayou. It's not the only thing, but it's a, it's amazing how you remove one piece and the whole Jenga tower seems to fall apart. His his collar was really popped too. Yeah. Gambit has a very exaggerated collar. It's true. It's true. It's That's true. true. But we built a house of cards. We still have mm-hmm. a mutant city, nightlife, bayou, uh, kinetic energy being transferred through a staff, which granted could just be static energy or whatever. But like you know, there's sparks. But like, still. it could have yeah, it could have just been raking it across the concrete and making yeah. sparks. Yeah, exactly. Easily. Yep. It could easily be anybody else, but damn it, let me believe. <laughs> give it give this one to me, people. Give this one to me. Give this gambit to me. <laughs> um Ricardo says the what if series, I feel may all be a base to set up the watcher and his character slash positioning for a future Galactus story, adding that much more gravitas to him getting involved and in a way breaking his oath. Also wanted to add that I love the chat mid show with Ashley on these. We also love the, the, um, you know, chats with Ashley. How you doing over there, Ashley? Tell me more. (laughs) Tell me more. more. (laughs) Keep talking about how much fun it is to have me here. I was just thinking about the what if though, um, people on our Facebook chat, like our Facebook chat right now is an amazing episode of what if (laughs) I feel like Kyle Ray and a lot of people have been doing really good with casting people in different, like for fantastic four. And I've just been really enjoying it. Oh man. That discussion is like, I feel like that discussion is tired, but still exciting at the same time. I think I've missed this one because I've been working for new years and everything. Um, everybody's a couple people have jumped on my Adam driver as a uh, doom train, which I'm really liking. Yeah, people like really are liking Zach Efron, um, as Johnny storm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. One of our, one of our feedbacks <laughs> might be in here. It might be in here later. Don't someone was me, like, <laughs> what's your problem with, what's your problem with, uh, him as Johnny storm. And I think me yeah. and Jeff haven't both have an inexplicable reason. We just don't really like Zach Efron that much. I don't know. Why. I just think that they can do better. I'm not saying he's a bad actor, um, but I think that I just, I expect grade a quality right now from Marvel and yeah. he's like a B plus, you know, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> I, and I wouldn't be upset if he got Ashley. it. Yeah. He's, I don't know why. And I've said it before, but I've just never watched a movie with him and been like, I connect with that guy. Same. And like, it's really easy, especially for us uh, geeky folks it's really easy. Uh, th- those of us that are sort of like losers in the society, and you know, a lot of people that are love, a lot of people who love this comic book stuff have have feelings of outsiderness, you know. And yep. uh, for some reason, I don't feel it's easy to put a guy on the screen as a superhero because they have the look or they have like a charisma, but like you got to have that heart in the center of the, of the acting. And I have not seen Zachary Efron do that. And I, granted, I haven't seen everything he's done. The, the weirdly, my favorite Zach Efron thing is, um, 17 again. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. No, I, I love 17 again. I think it's great. <laughs> it, it, it's like weirdly, but I think it's a lot of it is because it's one of those, uh, body switch type movies. And it's, uh, Chandler from friends. What's his name? Matthew Mm -hmm. Perry. Matthew Perry is like a 40 year old man 
uh, feels like his, his, he missed, missed out on the things in his life or whatever. And he makes a wish and becomes Zac Efron as a teenager and like relives his glory days. It's about him learning mm-hmm. whatever. But I think the, one of the reasons I like that movie is because from the beginning of the movie, I find a lot of heart in Matthew Perry and then it gets sort of transferred over to, <laughs> to the younger version. And I'm like, Oh, that's the character that I've been following. I'm in. Whereas I was really <laughs> hopeful when he got cast as Ted Bundy. Cause I was excited to see him do something serious. Mm-hmm. And even that was, it wasn't very good. I've heard a lot of people say they found that his acting in that really compelling and they found him very charming as Ted Bundy. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, in a he real scary himself way. is pretty charming, yeah. Right. I don't know. Which, see, there's, just, there's this difference between charming and, like, pathos. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's the thing. Tony Stark, for instance, has both. Uh, Cap has mostly pathos. You know, there's this sort of, like, lever of, like, this sort of humanity where you get in under their skin and you feel like you are them. And then there's this sort of lever that's, like, they're brash and uh, you see they're, they're sort of magnet magnetic. You know what I mean? I don't feel like cap is very mm-hmm. magnetic uh, to the people around him. You know what I mean? But he is the guy we want to be in his skin. We want to look at him and go like, I want to, I am that be, guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to be other things He's, with him. <laughs> I want to, yeah, I don't know. He like, he, if he walked into a room, I would literally throw myself against him without any control. So I don't know. Oh, that's not the magnetic. Okay. Not the same magnetic, not the same magnetism. Oh, okay. But it's just, it's just the difference in characters. And I think, I think that he plays and, and maybe that's who Johnny Storm should be. But I feel like with, with Tony, there's this sort of like regret behind his eyes and this pain and this sort of like motivation to fix his father's sins that sort of like creeps over his face from time to time. And Robert Downey Jr. plays it really, really well. Um, I just haven't seen Efron do that. And so may, maybe, maybe he can, but I haven't seen it. You know, that you say that we, you and I, Matt, have uh, an inexplicable dislike oh, for Zach Efron. Is yours very explicable? <laughs> I know exactly what has caused me to not really like him. Uh, is that there was a web series, or not a uh, web series, it was a documentary series uh, on Netflix called Down to Earth with Zac Efron. Oh, I saw this, yes. I saw and the first couple episodes. I swear to God, that that... That series like opened my eyes to just how out of touch with reality Absolutely. he is. That is exactly <laughs> like he's what I was so say. out of touch with literally everyone. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm like, how can you be how can you evoke any sort of emotion about anybody or or get in touch with anybody's story if you have just no understanding of any other person in the world? Yeah, I, I, I watched the same thing and I thought the same thing, and it made me sort of feel justified in the feelings I've already had for years, which is I don't feel that pathos coming off of him when I watch him. Um, he's charming. He does his things well. He's a good actor for what he does, but I don't ever feel like he's me. And then I watched yeah. that show and he's talking, he's going to like water bars and they're talking about like the different bottled waters they're tasting. This one comes from the Swiss Alps and like, Oh, I can taste the mineral. And I'm just like, no, Oh, you're that person. And that is why you don't that. And I, you know, that's why he belies in like uh, high school musical, just walking around being like cottage cheese. What is it made of? Like stay in your wheelhouse. Right. (laughs) 
Like he was the pretty guy in hairspray, and that's about it. Right, and I think he works well in certain things, like uh, as sort of the comedy foil in uh, those uh, what is it, Neighbors? Or those movies? Yeah, like he works well mm-hmm. in those movies, but I still don't feel much coming off of him. Like I don't feel connected to him. He's the, he is the villain of those movies. And and like, I get, he works well as that and he's charming and he's fun to watch, but I still don't feel anyway, we're going on and on. I know, I know people disagree and that's cool. Like I, I, uh, I think it could be great. Someone brought up, actually it's in our feedback somewhere, so I won't spoil it or unless I can just find (laughs) it. Don't spoil the feedback. Emily right here. Emily Sissel, um, who won trivia? Was it this week or last week? She won trivia. She won this week, right? I think it was this week. Woo, yeah. Get it, Emily. Uh, Wednesday night trivia. She's she kicking butt. Um, and uh, she says, okay, what do y'all think of Joe Keery from Johnny as, as ugh, what do y'all think of Joe Keery for Johnny from fantastic four? Saw a commercial with him in it. Uh, I think he would be great in the role. He plays Steve on stranger things. And I think that's a really good one. Actually. Have you, you guys know Steve from stranger things? Yeah, yes. Steve Dad. Amazing hair. Amazing hair, oh. and I could totally <laughs> see it with like a sh- with shocking blonde. Like, yeah, like, he needs to yeah. buff up a little bit. He needs to hit that MCU gym now. Well, he could, but also like this. I like. I always think of the Human Torch as sort of that like uh, Spider Man physique. You know. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep thinking of Chris Evans and that skin tight. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. You do keep thinking of Chris Evans and that skin tight. Whatever. You started this. <laughs> you started this. Chris Evans being in that movie was a reason for them to just like start burning clothing. Right. They're just like, uh, because he's on fire all the time and he can't control it. So let's take a shirt off. How do we take a shirt off? Uh, the, burn it. The beginning oh, yeah. of the Thirst Club right there. There it, it is. Yeah. Back. I might as well have been doing it with my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Get it off. Get it off of there. Get it up. Thank you. It hurts. Take it off. Um, no, yeah. Your shirt just rubs me the wrong way. I, I don't, I didn't know this kid's name, Joe Keery, um, but I like him a lot in Stranger Things. He has the sort of like, uh, he has both those things we're talking about. He has the magnetism of sort of like being kind of a cool guy, but he also, I feel a lot of pathos from him in those, in those, in those shows. Like I, he also can play the sort of disaffected hurt, uh, you know, uh, lacking person that like you kind of need to to root for i guess well that's the, that's the thing about him and and this the character of steve from stranger things like for for a bit of it like first season he was that like jock that you just kind of hated right yeah but like he was still kind of on the team you know like, exactly he was still sort of one of the good guys and then like as time went on he just became steve dad you know he was the the older brother dad figure of of the um, yeah. the kids and like you just love him. You got to the point of where you just could not imagine. You can't imagine the series without him because he has to be there. Well, and that's the thing about even Tony. Like you first see Tony, if you don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt from the beginning, he's kind of a jerk. Like he's oh, yeah. just he's a straight up dick. He's an absolute jerk. He's like. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's winning an award and just handing it to someone else. He's like, I don't care about, you know, but there's, there's definitely a lot of humor written for Tony in the beginning, which makes you want to watch him. And that's the thing about Steve. I think he works well, uh, or or Joe Keery. He works well as like that sort of like, I, even if I dislike what he's doing, I still find him an entertaining actor. 
And then right. you put on top of that the fact that he, ha- he really can play that pathos. Then I'm just like, I'm in, man. I'm in. Yep. 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 Uh, next up is Thomas Baker. He says, do you plan on re-uploading the podcast episodes for S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, uh, Episodes 5 through 10? I would really love them for my rewatch. So I got this message, and I immediately uploaded Episode 5. I will try to upload Episodes 6 through 10 later this week, or at least as many as I can. So the problem is, and I've mentioned this before, but it bears repeating because we've gotten some complaints about it. When I upload a new episode, it clogs up the feed sometimes. And if I upload all of them at once, it will clog up the feed really bad and kind of mess with everybody's feed. So I've been kind of uploading them every once in a while, like one a week, right before we drop a new episode. So it's, um, so they're up (laughs) there. They basically, sometimes they get distributed to the feeds and sometimes they don't. So you might see a random episode from 2014 pop up in the feed. And it's just cause, uh, of the way the whole thing works. So, uh, I, and then I move them back. So, uh, just please put up with it. Some, we, it's, it's funny. We have some <laughs> people put up with it. <laughs> we have some people complaining about them are like, Hey guys, why is this random episode from 2014 popping up? And other people saying like, where are the episodes from 2014? So I'm trying to balance that. <laughs> So as not to flood the feed at one time. So everybody gets like 15 downloads of old episodes, but also trying to get them up as quick as I can. So yes, Thomas, we, they will be there shortly. Hopefully <laughs> we're, we're working on, we're it. only dropping one episode in the feed this week. So that'll give me a chance to upload a few later in the week. Once this one runs its course or whatnot, I'll, I'll have time to upload a few of the other ones. Yep. Uh, Bradley McWilliams says about black widow. First, I'd like to say that your podcast is great. I recently discovered it while trying to get my MCU fixed during this extended time off. Thank you, Brad. I have some predictions for Black Widow that I'd like to share. Sweet. Uh, but I will preface that by saying that Clint and Natasha are my two favorite original Avengers. Mm. Not really sure why, to be honest, but just relate to them the most. But I'd say that's why, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you say right. That's I'd why? say that's all of this as well. I don't think anyone relates with the the ones with the godlike powers. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. have you seen me (laughs) i think their relationship if nothing else makes them incredibly relatable you know there it is yeah yeah like that's accurate everyone else in that movie particularly they don't really have close relationships with the people that are on the team and those two do and it really it really creates a lot of affection especially for two characters who haven't had their own movie yet that was a really Mm -hmm. smart choice to give those two like the, yeah 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 the, connection. The, the rest of the characters had their their lead-in movies where they had to you know they got to have relationships and everything and if you want these two to be in any way relatable you've got to give them some sort of relationship and the the, the easiest way to do that is to give them their own movie but you know if you're not giving them their own movie give them a relationship here there it is boom nailed it done yeah I dig it. It was a really smart move on Joss Whedon's part. Bradley continues. Anyway, I think we will get cameos from a few other Avengers as we jump through different time periods. It will start with her and Tony from the end of Civil War when he tells her that Ross is coming for her. Uh, Next, she goes back to Russia, and the vast majority of the movie takes place during this period. Uh, We will get a flashback with more details to her days in the Red Room, and then at some point she will end up having to go to Budapest, which will trigger a flashback to her last visit there. This is where Clint comes in, and we finally find out what happened there. If this doesn't happen, we riot. (laughs) Uh, I've watched the trailers a bunch and cannot figure out what happens in the main body of the movie, which is a good thing, as I love being surprised. 
the movie ends with her meeting up with Cap, Sam, and Wanda, which will lead into Infinity War. I'd love to see a movie about what his group was doing for two years. I am very much in the camp that she is not dead for good, or at least uh, don't want her to be. So the post credit scene will take place in 2023 on Vormir. Uh, we will get to see Cap meet the Red Skull. They have to show us this interaction at some point, don't they? He makes a deal, and it ends with a zoom-in of Natasha's body, and when it's on her face, her eyes open. A lot of these are just wishes on my part, but based on loose ends that I think need to be addressed. Keep up the good work, Brad. Hmm. Interesting. What if it ends on her face and it's a scroll? I don't know, man. That w- th- But then it's like, did Clint make the sacrifice he needed to make to get the soul stone? Well, he thought it was her. Well, yeah, but does the soul stone not know the difference? Uh, I I think it's that. And why would the scroll have fought in so his hard heart to save him? You know what I mean? I don't know. Unless it's a the, terrible idea. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's complicated, and it would be tough to make work <laughs> exactly right. But I, yeah, I, see, I hear what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. Yeah. It, is it about the? Is it about the sacrifice that she makes for everybody? Or is it about the sacrifice that, that he has to make in his heart? It's supposed to be about his sacrifice, but it, yeah, the question is, does it work if you're wrong? <laughs> like, if I think I'm throwing my favorite person off the rock, but right. I throw someone else, am I wrong? Or how long right. has she been a scroll? Does he really care about this version because she's been a scroll that long? So who knows? I don't know, man. But I I don't like the idea of her being a scroll for too long because that takes away from the whole experience of Black Widow and the Red Room and all that stuff. Let me say about the Red Room, I really hope we get a handcuff on a bed. I just need a handcuff on a bed to tie it to S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Or to... uh, (laughs) To... um, Agent Carter. Agent Carter, that's the one. Yeah, I I just want a handcuff on a bed. It's all all it takes. Give me one little handcuff on one little bed and I'll be very happy. (laughs) Matt, if you want a handcuff on a bed, yes. Like, <laughs> what what joke are you going to make? None of them. None of them. None of them. You need only look to Agent Carter. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Why did she? Never mind. No, I'm not. I'm not going there. Okay. One little handcuff on one little bed. That's all we need. All we need. <laughs> what if? What if instead of handcuffs at this point, because technology has improved uh, it's oh, since the 40s and 50s, sure. like what if, what if they've got like the, uh, the straps, like the leather straps on the bed, uh, uh, much like insane asylums? Yeah. Or sex dungeons. Sure. Yeah. Or sex dungeons. I'm, I'm with you. It's kinky. <laughs> Just one little handcuff on one little bed. That's all we need. I mean, it's going to be a flashback anyway. So like, Yeah. Ryan Collins sent us a message. Hey, Jeff and Matt, I just wanted to hear your thoughts upon my Magneto slash Professor X idea. I'm fine with the idea of Magneto being an African-American in the MCU, but I have my concerns about Professor X and here's why. From my understanding, the reason Magneto committed the crimes he committed was because of all of the hatred against mutants. He was afraid that the mutants would be treated the same as he was during the Holocaust. Professor X never experienced any racism other than being a mutant, which is what makes Professor X and Magneto's viewpoints different. 
I feel that if Magneto is African-American, then Professor X should be a different ethnicity. He doesn't have to be white, though. I was thinking he could be Hispanic, Native American, or Middle Eastern. All of those groups have had their own battles against racism, but it's still not the same as the African-American community. And since their experiences with racism is different, their viewpoints can be different as well. That's just my opinion, and I was wondering what you guys would think about that. Sorry for the long email. This is actually a lot shorter than I, what I originally typed. Thanks for all you do, Ryan. <laughs> well, thank you, Ryan, for keeping it pithy. That was not that long. I appreciated it. Uh, but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I've heard some people say the same. Um, and I think that is possible. Uh, I think you run the risk a little bit. Uh, some, someone else wrote in once about you running the risk of being like... Uh, making the bad guy a angry black man, but not having representation for the sort of like uh, the Martin Luther King of it all, if that makes sense. And that's what I would say about this, about them both being black. Yes, that is why Magneto is angry, but it doesn't mean that uh, Professor X can't have a different experience in life or, or just make different choices. And, and, and the thing is both of them throughout their history have been uh, written to be similar to uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X who were both black men who had drastically different views on how to handle uh, the, the rebellion they needed to fight, you know, the, the, the injustices they needed to fight. They needed to like, uh, they both needed to do it. They both, they they both had the same experience as black men in America, but they chose different paths and different rhetoric uh, and different actions. So, you know, I, th- I think there's, there's definitely room for them both to be black, I think. But I hear what you're saying. And uh, it's hard. Talking about any of this stuff with race is hard. And it's hard to be like... Because, as I said, someone else wrote in when I said that when we were talking about all this, because we hadn't mentioned the fact that Professor X was to be, we were talking about Professor X being black as well. We had just talked about Magneto, and someone wrote in like, "No, do not make the villain of the piece uh, an angry black man. That that's just playing into racial stereotypes." And I was like, "Right, I get that, but that's why we I were saying like both." I, I felt like I said that like in the moment when we were talking about the you know one or both of them being black. I was like, oh, we can't make just one of them because, or, and it can't be just Magneto because right. like you can't make, you know, it can't be a white hero sort of story. Right. Um, I mean, it, fighting against the angry black man. Like, that's I mean, just, it, that's real bad. It can be like, there's nothing wrong. Like there, it is, is a possible way you could do it. You just have to do it in light of the situation and you have to understand where the characters are coming from. I think it's possible to do right, but it's tough. It, like, there's a, definitely a, a big complication there. I, I think even if they were to do it in a way that was good for the story and like made sense, it would still be so uh, universally panned for being a you know white hero, uh, it, savior of the other races kind of thing. It depends on how you how you handle it. I agree. I agree with you. There's. I agree with you that it's fraught. I don't think that it's impossible to do because you could depends on how much of a villain in the piece Magneto is, or is Magneto more of an anti-hero that you fully understand his side of things? You know what I mean? I mean, he is right. You know, well in, in certain, some tellings and others tellings, he's a little more uh, of a mustache twirler, you know? And so depending That's on cool. how you balance that and depending on how much, how you balance that with how much you are questioning of uh, 
Professor X. Like mm-hmm. whereas um, First Class and particularly the Phoenix, I think the Dark Phoenix movie they recently did. Um, those those really questioned Professor X's motivations and the things he had done and the mistakes he had made. And if you kind of balance that out, you could have uh, something where you're not just making these characters tropes, you know? Yeah. Sort of uh, falling along racial lines. But at the same time, I never want to tell anybody they can't make any character, any race, if it makes sense. And you are aware of the race of the cultural context and racial context that we all live in. Um, right. I think any character can be anything, uh, you just have to be so you have to be self-aware with what you're doing. Yeah. And there's, you know, like we, like you said, it's fraught and I, I don't know. I think it's just easier to put them both as the same race, just because, you know, that, that same experience is different decisions, uh, different reactions kind of thing is the easiest way to go. Yeah. That's what makes it powerful in my mind is the fact that they, uh, they are two men in, in the case that we're talking about where if they're both African American men, then like they both have the same experience and they make, they choose different paths and it's about that choice. And then they can criticize and have like legitimate conversations about who's making the right choice. And, and you don't have to make one of them right. They can be Charles is wrong often. Um, in in many Sorry, of the stories, I just had the worst, worst. You know, okay. So I'm like, I'm still on the Whoopi Girl. Whoopi Goldberg needs to be Professor X train. <laughs> yeah. But then I like, for some reason, I, I like imagined her with the dreadlocks that she often has. Right. You know, the super long hair, and like I, I equated that to Cerebro, like always on, always connected to her head. Like, cause you know, the dreadlocks are similar to the, the cables coming down. And then like that went into, uh, James Cameron blue avatar thing where like she instead just connects Cerebro to the ends of her dreadlocks. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> and I went down a path. Ooh, you did. That was a quick little uh, detour into the insanity. You just did. I hope I don't do that again. That was too far. <laughs> did you just black out? Well, I blacked out what happened, guys. <laughs> Let's go to Dylan Diggs. He says, I love you guys, but nah, I just love you guys. No qualifier. Keep up the good work. <laughs> he's he's uh, referencing a few weeks ago. We, uh, we often get people being like, I love you guys, but. However. That's my favorite. Yeah. We always know it's going to be a particularly harsh criticism of our thoughts when they start that way. <laughs> like, there we yep. go. Uh, he continues with, I've been a week behind on listening in because, well, everything going on in the world, but I have a few questions for you. One, fantastic. If you could pick one actor from each of the following franchises, Star Wars universe, Star Trek universe, and DC, to play a role in the upcoming uncasted MCU movies and series, who would it be and what role? Two, fan let's, directors. Let's do these one at a time. Okay, let's do yeah, these yeah, one at yeah. a time. This, this, let's do one. Let's start with one. This is probably our last question for the day because uh, this, this is going to take a minute. Let's see. Fan casting. Star Wars universe. Pick a pick an actor from a Star Wars movie and put them in a role in the MCU. What what do you got, Jeff? Oh, I'm sticking with my Doom Adam Driver. I think that's a really Ooh, good, that's one. A good one. It's a really really good one. Uh, <laughs> I, I I know who I want. I'm just trying to think of who they need to be. So, okay, we're wanting the actor, not the character. Yeah. So it's like, I want Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go Donald Glover as Human Torch. But Donald Glover's already in the MCU. Oh, you're right. Dang it. Mm. 
I forgot. It's hard. I forgot. He was only, he was only there for a minute, but he's in there. Yeah, he's going to be Prowler. Yeah, most most likely. Uh, okay, dang. It's hard because like so many people have have gone across all of these verses. Right. Absolutely. Already. So, uh, <laughs> who's the guy who played Hamage on uh, the guy who played in that most recent Rogue One? He, he was Hamage in a uh, Hunger Games. And he's a white man can't jump. I don't know. Gosh, I can't remember the guy's name. Woody Allen? No, Woody Allen? not Woody no. Allen. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, thank you. Woody Allen's really but, funny. Though. But can we get Woody Allen? Yeah, can we get Woody Allen? Woody Allen is no. Peter Parker. Uh, <laughs> I just, I like to swing, you know. I. Uh... <laughs> Woody Allen is fraught as well. Um, Again, uh, yeah, we, we don't need to put him in a role where he's dating young girl, young MJ. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I'll stop, stop talking about him. Woody Harrelson is Juggernaut. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, what about Felicity Jones as Sue Storm? Yep, I like that a lot, too. Felicity Jones. Yep. She was Jen Erso Erso in, in Rogue One. Rogue One. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's great. Yeah, she'd be a good two storm. Okay, Star Trek universe. Uh um, Star Trek verse. Hmm. Ooh, Trip Maverick had a good one just now in the chat. He said, I've heard the Oscar Isaac is Moon Knight rumor. And I love that. Yeah. Love that so mm-hmm. much. I, by the way, I get really annoyed at all these uh uh, podcasts and whatever YouTube channels that keep coming on and saying things are confirmed that are not, it really pisses me off just cause like mm-hmm. we try, I mean, we make mistakes every once in a while where we hear something's confirmed and then it's not, uh, and we have to walk it back later. But like, I, I don't know. I just like was scrolling through somebody's YouTube earlier today and it was just like, they were saying everything, every rumor we've heard about Spider-Man three, which is a lot of them. They're all confirmed. And I was just like, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just like no, you're just that you're posting clickbait is all you're doing. It it annoys me because it's, it's not confirmed. Like try try to wait till someone official says it. I mean, if it's like well big enough source then maybe. But like, yeah. Uh I'm going to go with Star Trek Universe. I'm going to go Zoe Saldana as Gamora. Oh man, I was going to go Carl Urban as Scourge. Oh, that's a no, good one too. Say- Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Oh, you guys, damn. He's a really good. He's a good. He's a really good. (laughs) He's a really, really good. I'm going to go a DC universe. I'm going to go Ben Affleck as Moon Knight. (laughs) I actually think he'd be great. No. He plays those dark characters well. I love Ben Affleck as Batman, as Moon Knight, whatever. I like. I think he's great. I don't think the movies have been great, but I think he's great. <laughs> Ashley, what do you think about Henry Cavill as Wonder Man? Mm. That's fine. I, except I really want Nathan <laughs> Fillion, but yeah. Wonder. Oh God, he. It would just be too much. He's just so Superman. Yeah. Minus. Yeah. Same thing. You could. Uh, I'll allow it. He could be Adam. Adam Warlock. Could he? Yeah, I could see it. I mean, Wonder Man so? looks pretty much exactly the same. Ooh, Black ooh, hair. Ooh, ooh. I got one, I got one, I got one, I got ooh. one. 
I want Jason Momoa as Namor. <laughs> yes. There's a crossing. It just feels right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I, uh, there's, 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 these are hard because there's so many people have already crossed over and then you get so many characters are so similar. <laughs> yep. Yep. Henry Cavill as Sentry is a good one. Mm. Because he is Superman. Okay. Ooh. Maybe, maybe Tom Hardy as Mr. Sinister. Ooh, Ooh, that's good. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Good job, Ash. Give him a chance to redeem himself. Yeah. Hey. Because, as we all know, <laughs> this punishment must be more severe. <laughs> he gave us such a gift. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, uh, next up, he says fan director staffing. What directors who haven't directed an MCU movie would you want to see take the helm of an upcoming movie? Oh, and he says me. I'd give Patty Jenkins a shot at a force. Yeah, I was thinking Patty Jenkins. And then like I read the next part that said me. I'd give Patty Jenkins a shot at the a force. Uh, good done. I want that, too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I would love Tarantino to do like Sinister Six or, or something that could be a little darker. X Force. Dude, yes. Tarantino's Sinister Six would be killer. That sounds Literally. amazing. Like, really give a lot of uh, dialogue. Well, character, like a lot. He's really good at giving a lot of flair to his characters, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Big brain. Here we go. Tarantino, Thunderbolts. Oh, that's good too. That's good too. I really liked the I like the Sinister Six because I like the idea of each of the Sinister Six having a really distinct character that he like toys with and the cinematic style could sort of adapt to that character and and mm-hmm. Peter having to fight each one but still having the threat of poor young Tom Holland at the hands of a b- brutal director like uh oh, Tarantino, you know what I mean? Like that seems yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Oh, I'd love it. The sort of like but you could never make that movie because you can't put Spider-Man in that because all the kids want to see all the Spider-Man movies and that movie would be way too dark. It mm-hmm. would, but it would be I would love it. That's what I would love. Okay, so we've gotten the dark gritty Batman. How long do you think it's going to be before we get a dark gritty Spider-Man movie? Uh, It'll happen one day. Maybe it depends on what they do with Disney um, because we got those Wolverines and Deadpool. So as long as we keep showing them that we want that, uh, I feel like we have a better chance. Yeah. I also think it kind of takes the generation to grow up that is loving those stories. So like the generation who were children when the, you know, Spider-Man like real is, is so popular like eventually like it'll, he'll be less popular with the kids and there'll be some other hero that the kids love kind of like with uh whatever with Wolverine, Batman, all of that. Uh, and then you get to make more adult stories with them. Cause now so much of the ticket sales are to, to peak families and kids, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to say I, Edgar Wright just, and I don't even know what he'd make. I, I, he wanted to do Ant-Man and I would love to have seen that, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know that's, I know that's an old, Old, old uh, gripe that I have. Yep. But I, I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Brand, brand new, brand new. Brand um, new discussion to be had. He also says, my Mount Rush. Oh, he says, my, my Mount, yeah, talking, this is Dylan talking. 
my Mount Rushmore of MCU movies are Iron Man gets the George Washington spot, <laughs> Avengers, uh, Civil War, and Infinity War. Uh, hope you're all staying healthy and sane. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Nope. Definitely not staying sane. Probably not staying healthy. Nope. De- neither one. Uh, neither one. Neither of those things. I apparently made the right decision over the holidays. Uh, I did not go see my family for uh, the holidays. Are they all dead now? They all have COVID. Every one of them. <laughs> um, yeah. So they're not dead. Uh, it looks like they'll mostly survive. Uh, mostly. Uh, I'm, I am honestly like, I, you know, I don't want to, don't want to get too serious, but uh, yeah, I am worried about my dad. He just ha- he's in such bad health. He hasn't been a doctor since my parents were married. So it's been like older than I am. It's been 40 years since he's been a doctor and he is now in his sixties and he's starting to get like, look in really bad health and his like cra- got crazy, like veins on his legs and stuff that we're really worried about, but he won't go see a doctor because he's stubborn. And now he has COVID but he's refusing to acknowledge it to some degree. And, uh, <sighs> it's just, uh, and, and he's just laid up in bed and hopefully, hopefully he'll pull through. Okay. But he is the, he is very much, uh, the type of person who is at risk. So, um, so yeah, scary time. Apparently they went to a, I think I did. I tell this on that story on the another podcast this last week. I feel like I might. Oh, I, t- I told it on trivia night. But my family hasn't gotten together in like 10 years or six years or something for Christmas because uh, since my grandmother passed, they just haven't had the motivation to get together, I guess. So this year I created a group that was like, hey, everybody, let's get together this year for Christmas. This is in January. Like I was like, we missed it too many years in a row. Let's do Christmas this year. Started this group (laughs) among my family and then COVID hit. And so around like whatever uh, September, October, November, they start talking in the group like, okay, when are we getting together? And I was like, guys, I'm not. I know I started this group, but like, <laughs> COVID is no. real and you guys should not probably get together. And uh, sure enough, they had that party and now multiple people from the party all have COVID. And I'm pretty sure that party was just a little mini super spreader. So, yeah. Great. It sucks. And I, um, I was unpacking like one of my last boxes uh, last night and I pulled out a Christmas card from my grandmother from last year. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Merry Christmas and the happiest of new years to all of you. And I'm like, that didn't work, didn't out. work out. Didn't work out. I'm bringing you in Ash. How you doing? Right. Oh, as right she's yawning. I was yawning. Big, big yawn. Like, I'm glad you're enjoying the show. <laughs> I really cared about what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I care yeah. so much. You're, you have families and shit, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still two-day hangover man. <laughs> I, like, I like that that's like your uh, superhero name, your two-day hangover man. <laughs> two-day hangover man. <laughs> I will make you feel bad. <laughs> A shitty superhero. <laughs> Be like headaches. Hydration. Like, um, okay, so uh, is there anything in the chat, Ash? You've been you've been keeping an eye on the chat. Anything we what we should uh, talk about from the chat? I have about two, only about two. Cool. Um, Mazinat says uh, Cavill for Sentry. Oh yeah, yeah. I like it because mm-hmm. Superman is Superman. Am I right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like it. It's a good one. And then uh, Smith Rocks 2 said, whomever is directing Cobra Kai should get a shot at an MCU, uh, MCU movie. So I looked that up real fast, and it seems like there's a lot of people who direct it, but mostly it's somebody named John Hurwitz and Hayden Slagenberg. 
that that show has had such a a blow up or a, a, mm-hmm. what, what they call it, what the kids call it. Uh, 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 it's gone viral. No, no, oh, yeah. no. That's not. That's what our generation <laughs> called it 15 years ago. Uh, glow up, uh, glow up. Is that that's right? That's glow right. Up? Someone's young out there. Listen, we don't know what that means. Okay, so, uh, that, that show started on YouTube years ago as like a YouTube original, and has like YouTube originals is no longer even a thing, but it just transcended it, and people loved it so much. It's now on some other streaming service. I don't even know. Netflix. It's on Netflix. Okay. And everybody, yeah, everybody's saying is how good it is. I have not seen yeah, it yet. Yeah, we love it. Oh, oh yeah? no. no. We blew through the first two seasons pretty quickly. Sweet. Sweet. And I think season three just came out yesterday or something. Neat. I haven't seen it. Everybody just tells me it's really, really great. So I it's should funny. really check it out. It's funny? Is it, is it? Yeah, it's hilarious. And it's short. Like, the episodes aren't too long. Okay. Speaking of new shit on Netflix, Ashley, why didn't you tell me that Sabrina uh, Part 4 was coming out? It came out uh, the day after Christmas. Why didn't you tell me? I completely missed that. Oh, no. We, oh, it's over now. We have got to do a better job of keeping up with the geeky stuff coming out because, like, I keep seeing things and being like, we should have covered that on Pandavision, and I just totally didn't do it. Uh, okay. I'm still a little depressed at the ending. I'm not going to spoil anything, but yeah, it made me sad. I watched the whole thing yesterday with my hangover, and at the end, I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make me feel any better. Duh. <laughs> no. I know. Well, I have that to look forward to, I guess. Yeah, tell me how it makes you feel. Uh, well, I've, I've, I've only seen the first few episodes of Sabrina, but it, was, it seemed pretty good. It, it gave me big Buffy vibes. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how like Buffy, I feel like Buffy spawned an entire generation of sort of supernatural teen shows mm-hmm. that are like comedic, but also serious, you know? Yeah, that's why I liked Sabrina, because it's actually pretty dark for a kid's show. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's very dark. That The same people make Riverdale, and you can just, they really push it with those two shows, calling them, you know, teen shows. Yeah. I, Riverdale is a modern soap opera. Yeah. But if I had kids, I would not let my kids watch Riverdale. I <laughs> love Riverdale, but not a mother, but I wouldn't let them watch that until they were at least 17 or something. And even then I'd be like, you're going to have so much sex after you watch the show. Cause you're just going to think it's okay. <laughs> these kids, these kids, even Ken, when he's, he's like, how do you watch this? He's like, look at them. Look at what they're wearing. I'm like, Ken, even, you sound like an old man. Even Ken, Ken starts to think sex is okay after he watches the show. <laughs> 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 And now um, they got handcuffs on the beds and leather, leather straps and swings. Since it's the future, <laughs> <laughs> leather straps have been around a while, you guys. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, chat. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope I thank you everyone for joining us here on the show. Uh, we'll uh, again. We're excited to have this all available on YouTube now. Uh, that's been really cool. Just been getting cool feedback over there. New new pandas finding the stranded panda universe, which is just neat. And uh, thank you, Ashley, for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, Jeff, always a pleasure, my friend. Always, sir. Always. We'll be back soon. And peace. Happy New Year. Until next time, true believers. 
Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.